Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me. Box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. Our listener support campaign continues. You can support the show on a one-time basis at support.greatdetectives.net. Thank you to, uh, to Greg for supporting the show that way. You can also become one of our ongoing Patreon supporters, for as little as $2 per month, just go to patreon.greatdetectives.net. Also, I do want to encourage you to check out the Old Time Radio Superman show at otrsuperman.com. I went through the entire Superman radio series from 2008 to 2018, and I'm restoring all the episodes on that podcast. We recorded 1,030 during the original run. Uh, nearly 600 are back up there, and we're restoring two episodes every day. If you love Superman, check it out over at otrsuperman.com. Now it's time for today's episode of The Fat Man. The original air date is February 3rd, 1950. And the title is Murder for Sale. There he goes into that drugstore. He's stepping on the scale. Who is it? The Fat Man. And now, here's the Fat Man in Murder for Sale. that a woman showed up as an important figure in what we call organized crime. However, occasionally, an exceptionally clever and attractive woman turns her abilities to crime on a big scale. And believe me, when that happens, the headaches of the police really begin. Especially when the crime involves murder. Printing on the frosted glass door said Oliver Winkler Enterprise Incorporated. The card in my hand said Oliver Winkler, appointment 11 a.m. I reached the doorknob and then stopped suddenly. A tall, thin shadow had crossed the door somewhere inside, and an excited voice was speaking. I don't care what you say. You've got to be careful. I couldn't hear the voice that had interrupted me. It finished whatever it had to say, and the first one continued. Okay. Go away, but come here. I want you. Don't ever say I didn't. And don't forget this either. It's going to be your funeral. The thin shadow suddenly filled the frosted glass, and the door opened. <coughs> oh, sorry. Who are you? What's the idea of hanging around here listening at keyholes? Take your hands off me, son. I said, what's the idea? Nobody's listening at the keyhole. I have an appointment with Mr. Winkler. I think you are leaving, so on your way. Welcome to the office desk in the far corner of the office. Coat rack stood nearby. A small derby, an undersized fur-collared overcoat, and a cane hung on it. In front of the desk, 
stood a short, round little man. He was fat all over, soft fat like a butterball, and he had the whitest skin I've ever seen. Everything smiled but his little pig eyes. And the voice, when it came, was the purr of a cat. So who are they, Mr. Runyon? Uh-huh. I'm Runyon. Uh, please be seated, Mr. Runyon. I'm Oliver Winkley. Hey, you must excuse my rather excitable young friend. No harm, I assure you. Excitability and guns don't make a good mixture, Winkler. Uh, guns? I'm afraid I don't follow you. He was wearing one in a shoulder holster. Neat little gun. The kind people with experience carry. I felt it when he bumped into me. William Donovan with a gun? <laughs> oh, it's difficult to believe. Oh, but of course, that would explain... Yeah, I'll go on. <laughs> yes, 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 of course. It uh, has to do with my purpose in calling you here this morning, Mr. Ryan. Just why did you call me, Winkler? I'll be as brief as possible, sir. My life has been threatened. I fear that such a person as yourself might be helpful in preventing, shall we say, an unfortunate accident. Who threatened your life and why? I am a businessman, Mr. Ramon. Such I cannot afford the luxury of maudlin sentimentality. Naturally. What is your business? I noticed the sign on your door says Enterprise Incorporated. What's that? Enterprise Incorporated is an investment and finance company. Not a bank? Oh, no. We merely invest money, our own, of course, in various businesses. We take mortgages and so forth. Sort of... Personal finance, eh? Call it that if you wish. However, the real bulk of our business is rather more in the speculative investment line. I see. So somebody you've loaned money to has threatened your life. Uh, let's put it this way, sir. Someone whose knowledge of business matters is extremely limited has suffered a most unforeseen and unfortunate accident, which benefits this company, and as the saying goes, leaves her more or less in the cold. A woman? Precisely. What was this accident you mentioned? The death of the unfortunate woman's husband. I don't get it. Let me explain. Since the war, there's been a policy of my company to lend various sums of money to veterans for the purpose of buying homes. Our terms are extremely liberal because I feel these lads are entitled to all the help possible. We have therefore been quite in demand. However, as I have already told you, I am first and foremost a businessman. Yeah. What was the catch? The catch, as you put it, was merely this. In each contract of mortgage drawn for these transactions, there is a provision that regardless of the number of payments made to this company, if any money was still due to us, the mortgage prophecy reverted to us in the event of the mortgage's death. In other words, even though the heirs of the mortgage are wanted to continue the payment, the property still reverts to you. And the money previously paid back also remains yours. Exactly. You see, uh, since the terms were so liberal, these veterans so young and healthy, I felt that the company was entitled to such an insurance. I see your point. A moment ago, you asked if we were a bank. Actually, we are more of an insurance company in regard to these loans. We only stand to win in the event of death. Gruesome gambling. What? Give it. What's the woman's name who threatened your life? Uh, Mrs. Etta Goodman. Here is her address. She is living in the mortgage house, but of course will not have to be paid. She apparently knew nothing of the agreement, and when informed of it, she came here and made her rather dire threat on my life. That was yesterday. 
By the way, Winkler, what caused Goodman's death? A bullet through the brain. Either. No, Mr. Lundin. Roy Goodman committed suicide. <laughs> Etta Goodman. I'm Etta Goodman. Well, let's go inside where we can talk. But I'm just going out. I'm in a hurry. This won't take long. Let's go in. Who are you? Why have you come here? Give you some good advice. I don't understand. If you're from that company, if it's about the house... Sit down, Mrs. Goodman. I didn't come to see you about the house. Why did you come, then? I understand your husband committed suicide recently. Suicide? Yes, that's what they said, the police, the doctors, but it wasn't suicide. It wasn't, I tell you. Roy was murdered. Is that why you threatened Oliver Winkler's life? I threatened? What are you talking about? Who are you? Why are you asking these questions? My name is Runyon. I'm a detective. The police? No, I'm a private investigator. A minute ago, I said I came here to give you some advice. Murder is a serious business, Mrs. Goodman. Forget it. Forget that they murdered my husband, never. Not your husband. Winkler. Winkler? But I don't understand. Didn't you go to see Winkler yesterday and threaten him? Why, why yes, I went to see him. But I, I don't remember exactly what I said. I was upset and angry. You know how people say things they don't mean when they're angry. And I know my husband didn't commit suicide. I don't care what they say. And that man Winkler is trying to steal my house. He's not stealing it, Mrs. Goodman. It's all perfectly legal and binding according to the mortgage. But it's not fair. You've got a point there, but your husband signed the mortgage. Did he ever tell you the terms of it? No, I, I don't think he knew. Maybe he didn't read it carefully, or, or if he did, he didn't understand. Tell me about your husband's death, Mrs. Goodman. It was just two weeks ago. His body was found in the woods not far from here. He'd been shot through the head, and there was a pistol in his hand. He said it was suicide, but I know Roy wouldn't kill himself. What makes you so sure of that? There was no reason for him to kill himself. No, I tell you it was murder. The police wouldn't listen to me, but I'm sure that man Winkler is behind it. I went to him and begged him to give me time to pay, but he wouldn't even listen. He said our house belonged to him now. I even went to the woman who sold us the house to see if she could help. But she could do nothing. Who was the woman you bought the house from? She was a Mrs. Isabel Sutton. She said it was none of her business. She sold the house to us and had nothing to do with the mortgage. Does she know this fellow Winkler? Why, I, I don't know. I don't think so. Why? Nothing. I just wondered. Isn't there anything I can do? I mean, about the house. I'm afraid not. But you're a detective. Couldn't you help me? Couldn't you find out if Roy's been murdered? If the police think it was suicide, it probably was. Besides, my only interest is in protecting my client's life. Didn't you say there was nothing to your threat? I'll be running along. Oh, but please, you... Uh, something's fallen down behind the cushion of this sofa. No, no, please, it's nothing. I... Nothing? Since when has a gun nothing, Mrs. Goodman? A gun? But I don't understand. Here, let me see. What's it doing here? Why, that's the gun that I was killed with. It looks like somebody hid it behind these cushions. Somebody who intended to use it again. What do you mean? I mean there aren't any empty chambers in it. It's been fully reloaded, Mrs. Goodman. How do you do, Mrs. Sutton? If it's a horse you're wanting to buy, young man, you've come to the wrong place. I haven't a thing on the market right now. But if you'd care to leave your name... I didn't come to buy a house, Mrs. Sutton. I want to ask you some questions about the one you sold to Roy Goodman. Why? 
I'm just inquisitive. I believe you sold the house to a Mr. Roy Goodman several months ago. Goodman? Goodman? Oh, yes, now I remember Goodman. Yes, I did sell him a house. Poor fellow committed suicide recently, didn't he? His wife seems to think he was murdered. Murdered? Uh She thinks so because a man named Winkler stood to get Goodman's house, the one you sold him, in case of his death. You know this, Winkler, Mrs. Sutton. Now, you listen to me, young man. I don't know who you are or what you're here for. I don't know anything about the Goodmans or this man, Winkler. All I do know is that I sold a house and that Mr. Goodman borrowed the money to buy it from Mr. Winkler. Whatever arrangements they made with their business, I know nothing about it. You understand? Maybe. So you don't know Winkler at all? I know of him. He has on several occasions loaned money to people I've sold houses to. None of these other people happened to die, did they? Say, by committing suicide? Who are you? Why did you come here? My name's Runyon. I'm a private detective. A detective? You still haven't answered my question, Mrs. Sutton. How should I know? I I just told you that when I sell a house, I'm through with it. You deal pretty extensively in real estate. Yes, yes, of course I do. I have to make a living. Real estate's my business. Then I'm sure you wouldn't mind giving me the names of the people who bought houses from you and used Winkler's money to pay for them. But I don't remember who they were. You must keep records. Naturally, but I don't keep them here at home. They're at my office. I see. Oh, never mind. I think I can find out at the plane's office. Oh, Mr. Redman, a moment ago you mentioned murder. If there's anything wrong, if Mr. Winkler's committed a crime, I certainly want to help you. Okay, Mrs. Sutton. I'll probably be back to talk to you later. Oh, by the way, have you ever seen this gun before? Gun? Yeah, take a good look at it. It's the one Roy Goodman was supposed to have shot himself with. I, I know. I, I've never seen it. Why do you ask? I just wondered. Who fired him, Was it that Mrs. Goodman? No, Mrs. Sutton. It wasn't ever Goodman. Who was it then? It was Oliver Winkler. Really? And why on earth is it? Well, I've got to talk about You know better than to interrupt when I'm busy. Oh, whoa. Remember me, Donovan? What are you doing here? Showing Mrs. Sutton a gun. Finding out a lot more than I bargained for. <laughs> It took too long to find these files, Mr. Runyon, but with no more to go on when you gave the claims office, it uh, took its time. That's okay. Did you get the rest of the information, too? Yes. One of our secretaries traced the history of each purchaser since they bought the house. Good. What did you find? Well, our records show five sales in which property owned by Mrs. Isabel Sutton was sold and paid for by money borrowed from Winkler's company. Is Roy Goodman included in that list? Yes, sir. Yes. You know, this is really very strange, Mr. Runyon. What? All five of the men who purchased property from Mrs. Sutton and who gave mortgages to Mr. Winkler have since died. I'd like to see Mr. Winkler at the end. Why, no, sir. I'm afraid he isn't. Did you have an appointment? No. You know where Winkler is? It's very important. He doesn't like to be disturbed. I don't know if I, I said should. it was important, sweetheart. Where is he? I, I'm not sure where he went. He had two phone calls about an hour and a half ago. 
unless the office soon afterward. He seemed to be in a hurry. Did you know who called him? The first one, I believe, was from a Mrs. Goodman. How about the other call? I don't know who that was from. Mr. Winkler took it direct in his inner office. It was after that one that he left. And he didn't give you any hint as to where he was going? Well, he did leave a phone number with me where he said I might get in touch with him if anything terribly important came up. Call it. But I... Listen, sweetheart, I said this was important. If you ever want to see your boss alive again, you'll do what I tell you. Alive? What do you mean? I've got to find him quick. Now then, get on that phone and call the number he left with you. Yes, sir. Act perfectly natural. Don't mention anything about me, understand? I understand. Find out whose number it is, and if Winkler isn't there, find out where he's gone. Just say it's something about business and that you're trying to locate him. Hello? Uh, this is Mr. Oliver Winkler's secretary. Oh, yes, yes, Mrs. Sutton. Is Mr. Winkler there? You know where he's gone? Something important has come up. I'd like to get in touch with him. You see? Is there a phone there? All right, Mrs. Sutton. I guess I'll just have to attend to it myself. Thank you. Goodbye. Where did he go? That was Mrs. Isabel Sutton's home. She's... I know who she is. Where did Winkler go? Mrs. Sutton said he went out to look at a house. He's going to take a mortgage on. Where is this house? It's in the country about a mile from the city limits on Coldview Road. It's an old red brick farmhouse that's just been deserted for some years. And it sits back on a hill just beyond Bedford Creek. You can't miss it. Did Winkler go there alone? Why, no. Mrs. Sutton said he went with her assistant, Mr. William Donovan. Pretty dark when I left Winkler's office, and the rush hour traffic was just getting underway. Even so, I made fairly good time and cleared the city limit 35 minutes later. I swung my car off the main road and bumped along through a dark natural tunnel formed by tall overhanging trees. Five minutes later, the glare of my headlights picked out a small wooden bridge a hundred yards ahead. That would be Bedford Creek. According to Winkler's secretary, the farmhouse lay just beyond the creek. I slowed down, rattled across the rickety bridge, and pulled off the side of the road into a clump of trees. I walked slowly up the drive, out in the view. It looked empty, dismal, and dark. On the porch, I stopped for a second and there was no sign. I tried the front door and found it unlocked. In my time, I eased inside, snapped on the flashlight, and played it slowly around. I was in a musty, dust-covered hall. Our bed hung from the seat, and a well-worn staircase leaned drunkenly against the second floor. An open door stood on my left, leading to what was evidently the living room. I walked to the door and threw the light quickly. There wasn't any furniture inside. There wasn't even a fireplace. But there was a man lying in the middle of the floor. He lay on his back with his eyes wide open. And he wasn't the man I expected to find. He was Mr. William Donovan. I like swung quickly round to the far corner of the room. The figure of a woman crouched there in the glare. Her eyes were filled with terror and she held a gun in her hand. She wasn't pointing the gun at me. It hung limply in her hand as if she'd forgotten it. Drop the gun, Mrs. Goodman. Mr. Runyon? Yeah, get up. So... 
They found another gun. No. No, that isn't my gun. Where's Winkler? Did you get him, too? I didn't kill that man on the floor. I've never even seen him before. You expect me to believe that when I find you here with a gun in your hand? One shot's been fired out of this pistol, and not long ago. But I didn't do it, I tell you. He was there, there on the floor when I got here. Why did you come to this house? He telephoned me to meet him here at 6.30. I didn't want to come out here in the country. I, I was afraid. But he insisted. Who? Mr. Winkler, of course. He said if I'd come, he might be able to arrange for me to keep my home. You'll have to do better than that. I happen to know that Winkler came here with this dead man, Donovan. You followed him, didn't you? Then you shot this guy and Winkler got away before you could finish him. Isn't that what happened? No. No, I didn't. Honestly, I didn't. Mr. Winkler wasn't here. I haven't seen him since yesterday when I was in his office. Go on. And it better be good, sweetheart. Because you're sitting about three feet from the electric chair right now. No, no, please. You've got to believe me, Mr. Runyon. Late this afternoon, he phoned me and told me to meet him here. I decided to come when he told me it might mean he's arranging for me to keep my home. How did you get out of here? In my car. Parked around behind the house. When did you get here? About 15 minutes ago. The house was dark like it is now. I had a flashlight in my car, so I stopped and came around to the fence. There was no sign of Mr. Winkler. I'd... I'd been there about five minutes when I thought I heard something inside the house. So you went in? Yes, I, I don't know why. I guess I thought Mr. Winkle was in here. I called several times, but got no answer. Then I looked in his room and saw this man there on the floor. He was dead by then. The gun was lying beside him. I must have picked it up. I don't remember. I was terribly frightened. I can imagine. While I was standing here, I heard you walk up in the porch. I don't know what to do. I, I was terrified. Some of it might make sense and some might not. But it's the truth. I swear it. I think Donovan brought Winkler here to kill him. But it could be that Winkler got him first. But why? And why did he call me to meet him? Unless I'm mistaken, Winkler, a woman named Sutton, and this dead man were working together in the real estate mortgage racket. I think the Sutton woman and the dead man were afraid Winkler had gone too far and they tipped the works. When you became suspicious of your husband's death, and when I came into it, I think they figured Winkler was double-crossing them, and so they decided to kill him. But evidently, he got wise and knocked off Donovan first. But why did he call me? That's the part that makes me believe your story, sweetheart. You were suspicious of Winkler, and you made threats. In other words, Winkler called you so he could frame the killing on you. Come on. We've got to move fast if we're going to trap him before he pulls his next killing. Where are we going? To Mrs. Sutton's house. Let me do the talking. No matter what I say, you agree with me, you understand? Car in the blind Probably Winkler. He is here, then. Where is he? 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 Where is he?
It was absurd. No, it isn't, Winkler. You were too smart for your own good this time. What are you talking about? He killed Donovan, all right, tonight in a deserted farmhouse just outside of town. The body's still there. I didn't kill him. No. I told you you were too smart for your own good. You thought you'd frame Mrs. Goodman for the killing because you knew the three of you had swindled her and murdered her husband. So you called her to come to the farmhouse. But she fooled you, Winkler. Fooled him? What do you mean? I mean Mrs. Goodman got there before Donovan and Winkler did. She suspected something like this, so she hurried and hid herself in the house. And she saw the whole thing, Winkler. She's lying here, Onion. She killed William. She threatened me. You know that. Sure, sure. You were banking on that, weren't you, Winkler? Now, listen to me, Runyon. Listen, I... So you did kill Bill, you dirty, double-crossing little fool. No, Mr. Bill, no. Don't you see what he's doing? I only see what a little wretch you are. You're right, Mr. Runyon. He's a murderer. He saw to it that all those purchases died. Accidentally. After they mortgaged their homes to him. She's lying, lying. She was behind it. It was her idea. Oh, no, Oliver. Not my idea. Perhaps I'm guilty of helping you. And see you in the electric chair. I'll gladly take my own punishment. You're insane, Nicola. Don't believe her, Onion. Don't believe her. Shut up. Can you prove he's the murderer, Mrs. Sutton? Of course I can prove it. I have all the papers to prove it right here in my desk drawer. You may have them gladly. She's got a gun. Yes, my dear. I have a gun. I told you she'd take it. I tried to warn you. Quiet, Oliver. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to shoot you just like you shot Bill. No. No, Isabel, please. Put that gun away. Don't be a fool, Mrs. Sutton. I know what I'm doing. You're going next, Mr. Runyon. No, Isabel, no. Goodbye, Oliver. <laughs> and no, Mr. Runyon, you... What the... That scream came in very handy. Now, give me that gun. No, no. Uh, let go of me. Let go. Uh, I can't. Oh, my arm. You're breaking my arm. Okay, that's nothing, Mr. Yes, yes. Give it to me. Mm -hmm. Now, Mrs. Sutton, I'll hold the gun a while. Well, you saved the state some trouble by disposing of Wink. And you just put you right in the electric chair, Mrs. Sutton. Oh, Mr. Wink, I was so frightened. I don't know what happened. Give it to me, You saved my life. You hadn't startled her by screaming I'd be lying there dead by now. Okay, Mrs. Sutton, let's go. They did murder my husband, didn't they? Yeah. There's one thing you won't have to worry about now. What? I've got a hunch that house of yours is going to stay right where it belongs. With you, Mrs. Goodman. <laughs> spend my life in getting into trouble and getting out of it. But at the same time, I generally manage to get some other people in and out of trouble too. Be seeing you again. So long. Welcome back. Well, uh, this week's uh, villain's plan, uh, falls into a unique category. You know, sometimes we get 
evil plans, you know, just monstrous plans that stand to make our villain a fortune if they follow him. But they are so unscrupulous and so reprehensible in their consequences. Uh, it's just evil. Then we get some stupid plans. Uh, these things take an inordinate amount of risk for a low amount of payoff. Today's plan falls into a category I'd like to call the stupid evil plan. Because it is absolutely evil to kill all of these people, but it's incredibly stupid to be doing it for the reason that uh, our killer is doing this. Because they're not making a whole lot of money on this. Because if I'm understanding this correctly, they kill the person who buys the house a few months after they bought it. And they get to keep all of the money that they paid. They get to keep the equity. So, essentially, they get the down payment, which back then tended to be very high, like 10 to 20% of the purchase price. And they get a little bit of payment amount. I mean, essentially, you're looking at uh, two or $3,000. And while it's true that people have been killed for less, doing it on an organized basis seems really ludicrous because this is bound to be discovered. You've got multiple partners involved and are not going to get to keep all or even close to all of the uh, profits from your venture. And even if you did, it wouldn't justify the risk you were taking. It would be one thing where you have these stories where uh, people will get indigent people insured and then kill them because there's a low possibility of them actually being missed. There's no such procedures that were put in place by our criminals in this story. I know that financial services in the 1940s or early 50s, where the story would have originally been set uh, during the American version of the program, were not uh, nearly as strict as they are today when it's you know, much more highly regulated. But I do wonder if this was legal anywhere in the U.S. At any rate, we turn now to listener comments and feedback. And we have this comment from Greg, uh, who writes, I just found your site recently. Now listen to a couple shows every day. Love the variety of detective shows. Some I never heard of, but are enjoying. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you so much, Greg. I appreciate you listening and supporting the program. Now I do want to go ahead and thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Cindy, Patreon supporter since March of 2020, currently supporting us at the Shamus level of $4 or more per month. Again, thank you so much for your support, Cindy. If you are enjoying the great detectives of old time radio, please uh, rate the podcast. And if you're minded to leave us a review wherever you happen to uh, get your podcast from. And that will do it for today. Join us back here tomorrow for The Man Called X and next Tuesday, another episode of The Fat Man. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.